This is Pastor Harvey Burnett of New Bethel Ministries, welcoming you to another Dunamis Word broadcast. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes as we deliver a powerful word from the Lord. Call somebody and tell them we're on the air, and I believe your blessing is coming to you today. Listen for real quickly uh, for those of us who, those of you who would like to get in contact with this ministry or uh, check out our website, you can go to www.bethelburnett. That's one word: b e t h e l burnett b u r n e t t dot blogspot b l o g s p o t dot com www.bethelburnett.blogspot.com You can go there and uh, look under the post uh, Christmas 2009 Thoughts or Reflections on the Divinity of Jesus um, There you can add comments to that particular blog Listen to the complete broadcast or all three parts if you're only able to hear this one today uh, and also um, discuss any other material uh, that you like, you can also send me your prayer requests uh, or information uh, on you or any questions at uh, dunamis1, that's D-U-N-A-M-I-S-1, that's the number one, at netzero.com. Uh, for those of you who would like to contribute to this ministry, if you notice that all of our resources are free, uh, but uh, for those of you who would like to contribute to this ministry, you can do so by mailing us to at uh, P.O. Box, mail uh, New Bethel Ministries at P.O. Box uh, 6167, Peoria, Illinois 61601. That's P.O. Box 6167, Peoria, Illinois. Uh, 61601 your contribution is a tax deductible contribution and we'll be glad to respond and reciprocate by sending you out a tax deductible receipt uh, so we thank God for that and we thank God for you considering uh, this ministry and thank God for the response that we've been getting uh, from the broadcast uh, so far 
yes, this is an intricate subject <clears throat> and one that many people don't think uh, about as uh, deeply as I've brought out. Uh, we take for granted that everybody just uh, assumes that Jesus was deity, and that's just not the case. We're living in a world that, uh, uh, number one, supernaturalism is, is, is you know, is, is highly questioned by, by many, uh, not to mention that a man could actually be God. And uh, uh, now a lot of folks say that they're God, but this man, Jesus, was actually God in the flesh. And we thank, uh, thank God, thank him for coming uh, and for saving our, our souls. Uh, real quickly, Whoopi Goldberg on the show The View on December um, uh, 18th, I believe it was, said that uh, uh, she could not uh, understand the fact that only Christians could uh, uh, tell the story of Christmas. She didn't think that it was exclusive to Christians. Well, I, I want uh, Whoopi to know that without Jesus, without Christianity, there is no Christmas. Uh, you can talk about Saturnalia, uh, the festival of Saturnalia uh, that was prevalent among the Greeks and the pagans at the time and how that was merged into the Christmas celebration. You can talk about those things all that you want, but the fact of the matter is, without Jesus, there is no reason for this season. And without uh, 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 us uh, knowing why Christ came, who Christ was, and what he did when he was here. There is no reason uh, for a celebration. It was only because he redeemed man that we have the ability or opportunity to celebrate and, uh, and to serve him and also to minister to one another. So thank God for Christmas. Thank God for Jesus. And Christians uh, can tell the story, the real story. A lot of folks can tell a lot of stories. Uh, give it to the Buddhists and the, the, the Muslims and the Hindus. They can tell some stories, but they cannot tell the story of Christmas, the true story that we know that Jesus, uh, that God uh, uh, sent Jesus, his son, only begotten son, his son put on the limitations of human flesh, came and dwelt among men, uh, lived, uh, redeemed our life, displayed power over sin, displayed power over death, displayed power over the elements, and uh, uh, died on the cross in our place and rose back up again on the third day. Uh, and told us that uh, if we believe in him, we don't have to worry. We can go the same way that he went and uh, we'll wake up just like he woke up and got up. So that's where the power of Christmas is. Because Jesus was born, we have the power to stand before God. Now, real quickly, let me go into this uh, uh, lesson because we're dealing with uh, uh, the fourth part of the um, uh, of the uh, of the lesson here on the deity of Christ. Now we want to get into the Jewish interpretation of the suffering servant and the subsequent change to nationalism. In Isaiah 53, you'll see a very familiar passage of scripture. It says, "Starts off, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed?" Uh, the scripture said in verse two, "For he shall grow up uh, as a tender plant." and as a root out of dry ground and he hath no form of comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him um, and it goes on to talk about the what's called the suffering sa savior uh, of the suffering servant uh, of Isaiah 53 now it's interesting that um, the Christian church picked this up very quickly and began to explain who the suffering servant was. As we were saying uh, in last broadcast, uh, Isaiah 
uh, as a book is thoroughly referenced uh, in the New Testament. In fact, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7, which says this, He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a... Um, brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb so he opened not his mouth that particular verse is referenced uh, 10 times in the New Testament by itself in reference to who Jesus was so in the early Christian church Isaiah 53 paid, played a very integral role in letting individuals know who Jesus was and what his mission was and what his suffering was all about uh, when we look at Isaiah 53 we find out that the Christian church used this particular uh, verse and chapter for many years in evangelism and there were quite a few Jews uh, reverting to Christianity. What happened was that um, uh, some time ago, Rabbi Rashi, uh, that lived about from 1040 to 1105 A.D., uh, set forth the argument that Isaiah 53 was a reference to the nation of Israel and not to a particular or specific person. This was in direct response to the preaching that Isaiah 53 referenced Jesus himself. This uh, Rashi's uh, 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 response and his doctrine that he formulated is the accepted Jewish position today but this was a made up doctrine uh, an apologetic in response to the preaching of Jesus in Isaiah 53 uh, Isaiah 53 pointed out that this man uh, not only um, uh, uh, did these great things did this great suffering but he also removed the sins from people now we know that the only one that can remove sins from the nations the only one that can remove sin from people is God himself now there's three reasons why Rashi was wrong Isaiah 53 9 uh, claims that this servant would be without sin or sinless Israel throughout the biblical narrative in the Old Testament uh, uh, accounting has never reached a sinless state in fact Israel was constantly chastised by God and punished for their sins and the nation was even dispersed because of their sins so this interpretation does not even stand according to the scripture Isaiah 53 and 7 describes a docile servant Israel was not docile and as stated that uh, combined with being sinless Israel never did achieve and never has achieved that particular position or state quite the opposite is true God often called Israel stiff-necked hard-hearted and a perverse generation uh, then the third reason was that the passage also describes what is called a substitutionary atonement for the sins of men saying that the servant um, provides this this atonement himself uh, now the problem is Israel has never provided a substitutionary atonement for the world <clears throat> they don't do so they haven't done so historically and they don't do so today so this this is three blatant and bold reasons why that uh, this scripture, Isaiah 53, <clears throat> is not uh, a nationalistic scripture. It does not reference a nation, but it references a person, and that person is Jesus himself. There's no way around it, <clears throat> and you don't need to doubt it because Jesus is referenced in Isaiah 53 and 7. So uh, that leads us into the next portion. The next, so we're laying a foundation here. 
the foundation is that the Old Testament thoroughly references Jesus. The Old Testament references that Jesus would uh, take away the sins of men, make a propitiation for the sins of men, would be pleasing to God, and that kingdom, that his kingdom, what he would set up, would last and stand forever. That's why Jesus says, search the Old Testament, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are there which testify of me. This word testifies of Jesus. And you better believe that. Who he was, and uh, in fact, the scribes and the Pharisees knew who 
he was because they took up stones uh, at that particular time in verse 59 of John chapter 8 took up stones to cast at Jesus to stone him because they uh, uh, believed that he had committed blasphemy at that time there was nobody that could be God in the sense that he was saying well Jesus knew exactly who he was the New Testament is filled with references and that leads to our fifth point the specific references within the New Testament affirm the deity of Jesus uh, as stated earlier the New Testament was written early compared to any other work of antiquity uh, some of which uh, is unquestioned on its information even though those writings were written 300 to 400 years or more after the events that they record the Bible doesn't suffer from any such dilemma in fact some of the earliest writings that suffered that surfaced from the Apostle Paul um, uh, himself began to show up about 10 to 14 years after Jesus death that's at the pen uh, at the pen of the Apostle Paul uh, some by way of Dr. Luke uh, in fact, there were creeds. There was a fully developed creed as we read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, that, uh, that specifies about uh, Jesus and his divinity and his works, uh, the power that he exercised to save men from sin and also get up out of the grave. In fact, Paul is so tuned in with what Jesus has done that he simply states that if Jesus didn't do it, if Jesus didn't do what he is said to do, what he said that he would do, if he isn't raised physically, then the faith of all Christians and humans in general is in vain. Uh, Paul didn't leave any room for error on God's behalf or on Jesus' behalf in God's word. He didn't leave any room for error. Either Jesus is or he ain't. Secondly, uh, we must consider that by Paul's own testimony in Philippians 3 uh, verses 5 and 6 that he was a steeply traditioned Hebrew. This means that Paul was uh, a strict monotheist because we know that from histo historical study first century um, um, AD was especially the first half of first century AD was a time of strict monotheism. Remember they had just come off a war uh, over this same issue called the Maccabean War the Maccabean Revolt and, and and monotheism was at an all-time high. The Jewish uh, believer would, uh, would cite at least twice a day, the religious Jew would cite Deuteronomy 6 and 4 at least twice a day, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They say, Shema, O Israel, uh, Adonai Eloheinu. Uh, the Lord our God is one Lord. This was recited. This is the Jewish theme song. This is the call of the nation that there is only one God. For Paul to turn around and reference Jesus in the context of God uh, would also indicate that Paul was convinced uh, not only experientially but he was convinced scripturally that Jesus shared the same attribute shared the same nature shared the same power and shared the same authority of God uh, um, so this is very clear but Paul uh, would be the very first writer of any New Testament documents uh, as we know that Paul wrote actually before the Gospels were written New Testament scholar uh, Richard Bacham even states this that uh, Paul would use language uh, in the narratives that he wrote uh, language that indicated the careful transmission of data data from a teacher to a student by saying that he had received of the Lord this was not just some ethereal uh, reception of information but something that had been 
passed down to him from the Lord. It could have been through an individual, and this is where we miss it sometimes. It could have been through an individual, but certainly under the inspiration or by the guidance of the Lord that somebody gave him this information. He also had experience experience with God because he went up and prayed and sought God for himself until God revealed uh, 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 his self within his life. So Paul left that testimony clear, and he came down preaching Jesus clearly above anything else that he would preach and or stand for or believe. So there was a transmission of power. There was a transmission of word to the Lord. Also within the New Testament, we find that they are filled with what's called inclusios. Inclusios, uh, the critic often asserts, that Jesus and his followers were illiterate, but quite the contrary is true, actually just from even the writing uh, that we examine in the Gospels. And occlusio was a way to place a, what I call a thumbtack on a particular thought at the beginning of event and come back later at the end of the narrative and pull everything back together. And an occlusio helped reveal the purpose and also helped solidify certain actions in the minds of the readers and the hearers. This technique would have been especially Especially uh, useful for oral tradition and sharing what one hoped uh, uh, to be a memorable event or what one hoped uh, that someone else would transfer on by way of mouth. Uh, one of those inclusios is found in Mark 1 and 1. It says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Then go to the end of the gospel. Uh, Mark 15 39 says and when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he cried out and gave up the ghost he said truly this man was who the son of God that was an inclusio an encapsulation stating that from the beginning to the end Jesus was and is the son of God and when we talk about son in the Hebraic sense of sonship sonship meant that there was a sharing of the nature there was a, 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 a sharing of the personhood, and not just a sharing of the uh, successive heirship or, or what the, the father would receive or pass down in the family. But in this particular context, there was a sharing of the very same essence. This is what Jesus possessed. He shared the essence of God, the father himself. In the process, Mark called the reader to discover uh, who this is by also asking the questions in Mark 4 and 41. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, what manner of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. So even in the middle of the gospel of Mark, before he would conclude the inclusio, he would ask the question to raise the attention. Who is this man? Oh God, thank God that this man is not just a man that he is God himself listen saints of God I thank God for you sharing this time with me and we're not finished with this it looks like we've got at least about one more program left and we thank God for this program I hope that you are blessed listen I need to hear your emails I need to uh, know that you have been being blessed by this particular series I need to know that God uh, is touching your life by what you are hearing and that you're growing in your personal study I know we're covering a lot of ground and there are elements here that can be taken apart and examined I'm, I'm putting a lot of information in your lap all at once but I'm doing that on purpose because the case for Christ the case for the divinity of Jesus is so overwhelming and like I said I'm, I'm just scratching the surface and uh, there's much more that can be said many books that could be written on what we're talking about and the half has not yet been told 
But listen, let me have a quick word of prayer for you today. Because this is the time and this is the season of the birth of Jesus. And you can be blessed. In Jesus' name, Father, touch each one under this audience. Bless them, each listener to this series, each listener to this broadcast. I ask you to bless them. Destroy every yoke in their life. Restore them, renew them, and make them whole according to thy power. In Jesus' most holy name, we pray. Thank God. Thank God for you, my friend. God bless you real good. We hope that you had a blessed and Merry Christmas and that you will have a blessed and Merry Christmas and wonderful, wonderful New Year. Until our next broadcast, 